This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Gusto, online payroll and benefits service built for modern small businesses. And keep listening, I'm going to tell you how to get three months free. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance. My guest today is Farzad Rashidi. He is the Director of Marketing at Visme and also a co-founder of Respona, a digital PR and link building software that combines personalization and productivity. I took that right off their website. Sounds like an ad for it, doesn't it? So uh, Farzad, thanks uh, for joining me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, John. So, so you weren't always the director of marketing at Visme, I'm guessing. So give us a little bit of background on uh, kind of your entrepreneurial journey to this point. Yes, yes, absolutely. For sure. So um, actually, I started uh, marketing in college, of course, you know, had a lot of energy. <laughs> got, got, you know, thought that I would start doing SWOT analysis out of school and you know, shortly after, figure out that that that's not really how real marketing is. <laughs> so, yeah, you, know, you believe those textbooks, didn't you? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought that was the real thing. And you know, after college, I started uh, figuring out when I got to the real world that this is uh, you know far from reality. So, started you know educating myself just reading blogs and yeah. listening to adaptive marketing. It's actually, believe it or not, as my favorite po- podcast by far. And I, person recommended a few other people and so it's, it's every everyone who comes on this show it's their favorite podcast <laughs> so my listeners are used to hearing that right absolutely yeah so i shouldn't have to pitch your podcast because <laughs> listeners are already familiar with it but uh but yeah so definitely uh what was a real uh shock and you know, afterwards and right got did a little bit of consulting and on the side here and there working for a few companies and uh, obviously, started joining Visme, and I actually found Visme very early on. Um, I was still in beta at the time, and uh, I don't know. Uh, th- th- obviously, we had I think a few hundred thousand users at the time. So it was, mm. uh, and they had done a great job. Found it actually was trying to create a presentation myself. I came across and then figured nobody has heard of it, so it was like, hey, opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Found the founder, Paymon, and uh, basically reached out to him. I was like, hey, you know, do you guys need any marketing help? You know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm available and basically got hired actually as, a, as the first marketing hire and uh, was an unpaid intern at the time. So very, very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, yes. So, so one of the things that I've noticed about Visme, and, and there are, you know, there are, I don't know how many, you know them all, I suppose, but 10 or 12 people that have tried to get in this space. And it's a hard space to get into, first off, technology wise, but also, like you said, 100,000 users, but were any of them paying at the time? You know, I mean, it was like all these SaaS companies, you know, it's like, let's get users, let's, you know, let's get, let's get going. Um, few companies stick around, especially when it comes time to actually making money. Um, I, I think Canva's done a pretty decent job with that. Obviously, they've grown really big. And and the thing that I've noticed, um, and I think Visme, and so I wanted to speak with you because I think Visme's done a great job, is the ones that have really stuck around have realized it's more than just the tool itself. It's it's all that you give to the community. It's the content that you produce. It's the it's how you help people be more successful and grow, frankly, using the tool. And and that's hard. That takes a lot of work, but it turns into eventually, I think, a tremendous asset for the business, you know, from an organic traffic standpoint, um, if nothing else. Um, obviously, then you've got to turn that into money. Um, was that and again, this I'm putting words in your mouth. Was that was that really the philosophy from from early on to try to build that, or did that just happen because you know you tried something and it worked? 
Right. No, actually, so I'm glad you bring this up because Vism is actually, I'm not, I'm not sure what you noticed, John, but we're a completely bootstrap company. So actually, yeah. Puma's yeah. like very against raising funds, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, was against my philosophy at the time. But then I read Lost and Founder by Rand Fishkin and then also, you know, changed my yeah. mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but basically, yeah, so we were actually going against, you know, Canva actually started around the same time period that we started. So at the time, it wasn't actually as crowded of a space right. that it is now. So we were still one of the first tools in the market as far as infographics and presentations go online, of course, mm-hmm. uh, PowerPoint right. existed for a while. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, but the main difference that we had compared to Canva, or, or I would say somewhat of a disadvantage, was that Canva raised over 300 million bucks, wow. and we were at zero. So, <laughs> you know, competing with the big guys, not only on the product level, but also in terms of marketing, that's a huge, huge difference in terms of ad budgets and such, because, you know, obviously we had to... Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, making sure keep track of every penny that goes out and then uh, versus folks that were just, you know, dumping cash into pay that. So that also made us very, um, you know, cautious of what works and what doesn't. And, you know, matter of fact, was at a time, you know, 90 percent of stuff that we were doing wasn't really generating any results. So uh, we had to cut back on any unnecessary stuff that we were doing and kind of double down stuff that worked. Right. And the real, uh, I would say, uh, channel that actually start yielding customers uh, was organic search and SEO. Because um, first of all, the good thing I like about it is that it's evergreen. So when, when you actually get some posts and get some traffic in the door, that keeps coming every month, you know? And you you could go ahead and build more content around and build more landing pages and that gets added on top. So that gives it that little nice hockey stick growth. And it takes a long time, but it, it pays off. Versus like paid ads or cold outreach that you would have to chase after every single customer. And once you make a sale, you have to go out there in the wild and do the same thing again. Um, so that, that's really what uh, you know what we figure to be the main uh, competitive advantage is to be very good at SEO. And uh, right now, just kind of give you an idea, we're getting about one and a half million organic visitors to our site, about two point two million sessions total, and that's per month. That, that's per month. Per month, yes. Yeah, about seventeen, I guess. Don't quote me on this, but I think around seventeen to twenty thousand new users sign up uh, for a new account in Bizme every single day. And obviously, we're a freemium product, so I know the conversion rate is 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 a percentage, it's a small percentage of that, but still, (laughs) we're big, big numbers here. And now, obviously, has translated also into the revenue growth as well. So things been going well, and we're over fifty employees now. Uh, seven years into the company and, uh, and the rest is history. All right. So what does your content team then and SEO team um, look like? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we didn't notice going in, obviously. So, you know, people, when I talk about uh, this stuff that we've done, they're like, oh, that's so smart. I was like, well, we weren't very smart at the time. <laughs> we're just kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall yeah, yeah. Uh, and hoping it works. And so basically what worked well for us it was first of all getting to know uh, how Google works and, and kind of the algorithm because you know when you're looking at some certain topics and keywords, um, you know there anything you look up presentation software is like hundreds of millions of search results and it's normally dominated. Ninety nine percent of clicks go to the you know top ten search results and they're normally dominated by big brands. So you know at first glance it looks very discouraging, <laughs> but but we figured was that. But anyway, we're also doing the same thing on our customers on the responder side. We're, uh, what really worked well for us at the time was just picking a handful of parent keywords that we're going after. So parent keywords for Visme would have been presentation, infographic, social media graphics, right? Just a few. 
that, that were very high uh, volume and also very competitive. But then what we did was to create landing pages or what we call money pages for each one of these parent categories. Like for a presentation would have been presentation software or yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. infographic infographic software. But <clears throat> the issue is that it's impossible to get these guys rank. So people, SEOs were like, yeah, build some backlinks to it and it will help. And it's like, we did, we tried. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but it just doesn't work. First of all, no one wants to link to a landing page. And second, it's, it's just impossible to get a, a landing page up for that competitive keyword without having a, a right infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So what we soon realized was that we needed to have topical authority. So Visme should have been known as a very well-known, you know, website or domain to Google as a, you know, one and only source of truth for personal, for presentations and infographics. So what we did mm-hmm. instead was for each parent keyword, we started creating silos of content, which is, you know, it's just a fancy word for just topics related to yeah, that. Yeah. But, <laughs> then, but then, but then structure-wise, you hooked them all together. That's, that's exactly, yeah. So we include yeah. internal links to the parent uh, or to the landing page. So each silo had its own. And that uh, opened doors for us to start building links to these blog posts and ask a much easier job to build links to blog posts. And then it will pass the link authority to our parent pages. Now, the money page is getting rankings because we have both topical authority and a backlink profile. So we're right now, I think, DR like 82 or something, Ahrefs. Uh, and and that, yeah, and that's pretty much it. So, I mean, you kind of gave your proven formula, I guess, that you stumbled on in some, in some ways. But is there, you know, now is there like a plan? Like we write so many, you know, so much content each week and we, you know, go, we have somebody working on backlinks. We have somebody working on graphics. I mean, what's is now that you've figured it out, you know, and I've obviously grown mm-hmm. to a certain point. I mean, do you have kind of a formula that you try to, follow ongoing now yes yes absolutely so there, there's a few different things uh one is as a rule of thumb we spend about four times the amount of time we spend on creating a piece of content promoting our piece of content mm. it's not to just pop content out because that's the easy one <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, easy, yeah. all right just just writes content just hire more writers writing stuff and uh but but and that's not a big mistake that businesses make just treat their blog like a newspaper and I'm like, nobody comes onto your set to read your blog. You need to right. write your blog post strategically as a gateway to get traffic in the first place. So, so basically, what we do as a writer, uh, they're instructed, okay, when we do our keyword research and we prioritize them and then write the piece of content, make sure everything's optimized, and we put us out, then it goes past, gets passed on to our average team, and then they start building links to those specific blog posts. And not even to every single one, uh, to the ones that are built for link building. Is, you know, right, right. type of content. Um, we call them link magnets, and then we have right. the SEO content, and then we have another bottom of the funnel, just case studies and product mm-hmm. updates and such. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so so that's one rule of thumb. So basically, start four times the amount of time spent writing, spent uh, promoting the content. And another thing is that whenever we have a, a new parent page, or like for example, we're getting into some animated stuff, that has a whole other world of keywords and parent pages and such. Uh, <clears throat> that's something that we're basically uh, do, replicating the same thing. So basically, you know, but but it's a lot of work and it's easier said than done. I mean, I'm sure you've done this for your own site. So I understand exactly what I mean. But uh, but but no, honestly, at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. It's very, very simple, common sense stuff. It's just uh, it's a lot of work to actually uh, create 
and, and actually do it the right way as it should because a lot of people just hire a random freelancer and get them to do it and that's just not only yeah not yeah it's funny you know you say it's a lot of work i think people would rather hear it's rocket science actually because nobody wants to do a lot of work but that's exactly. that's that's <laughs> the bottom line right is that it just it you know it takes planning it takes working it takes execution yeah and you said something that i think people need to hear again you spend four times as much time promoting the content as writing the content yes the content has to be good but obviously yeah. you know, if you don't get people sharing it linking to it and whatnot then you know it, it will it will sort of sit uh, unused are there um you you uh, used a term that you um I don't think it's a technical term. I think it's something you call it that you these link pages or these backlink pages. Is there, you know, explain how the difference between that and say, you know, a, a you know maybe a buyer page or a high intent page. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> so basically, I was talking about the content pages. Uh, so for each silo of content, that, right. that's again, I'm trying not to use fancy words. It's just for each group of content for around each yeah. parent page. Uh, we create three types of content for each one. Right. Uh, the first type of content we create is SEO content. Content that's normally at the very top of the funnel. And the goal of that content is to bring traffic in. Now, these are so that would be answering questions, you exactly. know, that, the kind of stuff people are rooting around looking for, mm-hmm. right? That kind of, okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so that, that's what, what, what we call traffic or SEO content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the goal of that is to not necessarily just to get people to, uh, purchase a product, but it's right. to, that's that's one touch point for our brand awareness. People say, you know, it takes about seven touch points to make a sale. That's one of the touch points. And also getting to sign up for our newsletter. We have some pop-ups uh, uh, and also <clears throat> retargeting ads and on social and such. But that's SEO content. Another piece of content we create is, is uh, or another type of content we create is called a link magnet content, which I mm. try to stay away from that word, but I, can't find any better ways to describe it. It sounds, it sounds a little spammy. Yeah, but it's not. It's actually yeah, the yeah. of spamming. So these yeah. contents are, and this content is the type of content that um, uh, that's built to generate back, uh, backlinks. And these are original research content, right? So it's oh, stuff okay. that we hire, let's say, a data scientist to do a research. And then we actually create the visuals around it. And then we hit up everybody who has an interest in the space and get get in front of them. And now they're happy to link to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I think a lot of people think in terms of that term. That's what I was getting at. Link bait, which is usually kind of something that's like really controversial sounding. <laughs> when you get there, it's not really that. But you're saying the opposite of that in that it, it's it's um, it's such high quality content exactly. that people want to link to it. So link I think that's an important distinction. Yes, yes, absolutely. And there, there are a variety of different types of uh, content for each subcategory. And the last content is the bottom of the funnel content. Like, for example, how to do this using VisMe or yeah, yeah. product updates, case studies, any, anything that is uh, to not necessarily generating a whole lot of traffic at the, at the top of the funnel, but, but uh, also, uh, you know, that it's very targeted, very bottom of the funnel. Yeah, yeah. Right. Once, once somebody's decided they maybe <laughs> want to buy this, they want to, you know, now they want, now they have different questions, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, and now let's hear from this week's sponsor. Look, paydays are great, but running payroll, calculating taxes, deductions, compliance, that's not easy. Unless, of course, you have Gusto. Gusto is simple online payroll and benefits built just for small businesses. Gusto automatically files your payroll taxes and directly deposits your team's pay. Plus, you can offer all kinds of other benefits, 401ks, health insurance, workers' comp, and more. And because you're a listener to this show, you're going to get three months free once you run your first 
payroll. So go to gusto slash tape. That's gusto slash T-A-P-E and tell them John sent you. Talk to me about influencers. Um, That's obviously become an important part for a lot of folks is they not only want people linking back, but they definitely want people who have large audiences linking back and talking about, you know, the product. How do you view uh, getting, you know, in front of people that might be able to influence purchase or influence traffic? Absolutely. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned this, John, because, you know, when you when you say influencer marketing, people think, uh, oh, I reach out. The, Car- the Kardashians. Yes. Start, start there, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. Or, or even, uh, even John, you, you yourself, I consider you an influencer in the marketing space. Yeah, by far. And, and the, the thing is that people go about this the wrong way. They reach out, they're like, hey, John, I wrote this ebook. Can you share it on social? Or that, that's normally the just 90% of influence marketing campaigns. Yes, I can, I, can sh- I can show you 10 of them in my exactly. ebook. Right now, right now. <laughs> well, even let's say that you were feeling generous and you, you did tweet it out. What, yeah. what good does it do for them? Uh, it, yeah. It's just not a, a sustainable way to build a relationship with someone. So the way we, we define influencer marketing for, with, with our team is, is basically, um, I would say it, it's a partnership in a way where yeah. basically, hey, we provide some value to you. We have this offering, right? Now, you sorry, I have so many notifications. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I took the, the more I put stuff on silent, the more stuff, <laughs> the farther away. That's right. Um, so, yeah, so the influencer marketing that we said, it, it's one thing that a lot of people miss out on is it's actually building a partnership with someone. Now, if I'm trying to partner with John from Dr. Marketing, I wouldn't come to you and just ask you to do something for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just not a great uh, introduction. you got to have to go in with a proposition. Hey, we're trying, let's say you guys, we're actually doing this with Dr. Marketing. I'm not sure you, you know this, John, but I'm, I'm in talk with your marketing person, Jenna, uh-huh. and, and you guys have apparently just rolled out a new ebook. So mm-hmm. what we're doing is okay, we're like, okay, well, we have a great community at Visme and a good portion of our community are marketing folks. John, are you with me? Your picture seems right. frozen. I, I am. Yep. No, I am. Yep. Oh, okay, perfect. Awesome. <laughs> Just making sure you can hear me. Um, and for example, and you guys also have a great community for uh, uh, for marketers that, that you have in our in your newsletter, for example. And again, this is a very, very simple uh, strategy. So we were like, okay, you know, we've, we've published this ebook. Uh, we, we've just published a new presentation course and we're looking to drive some signups to it. And I think it would fit your audience nicely. So it's not a sales pitch, you know, it's a edu- free education content. Sure. What if you guys promote our presentation course that we offer certification to folks and uh, in return we're happy to promote your ebook to our audience right that right. to me is a partnership that to me is influencer marketing uh, is to put the spam stamp of doctor marketing on our course that we spend like three months creating obviously you know if it's a piece of junk you guys wouldn't want to look at it in the first place right. uh, but but uh, th- that's another thing is that look at influence marketing as, as some sort of a partnership and same goes for link building as well and it's that lots of folks just look at link building as just spamming any blogs that's out there and get them to link to your site so that you have a more active profile. And that's something I also struggle with with our customers that come on board and respond. I have to change their mentality a little. I'm like, okay, well, when you're reaching out to another uh, blog, they're a person. Then <laughs> 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 you're still talking to people. It's just over email. Now, you want to offer some sort of incentive, like, hey, for example, I came your article. Notice you guys have mentioned XYZ. And, uh, and we have 
Uh, obviously, you shouldn't want to reach out to blog posts in the first place to have covered the same topic because they're competing posts, right? There should be mm-hmm. no foot if you reach out to them. So you want to find articles that have mentioned that, you know, let's say keyword in the body of the article, but the article topic is something else, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. say they've covered, let's say, inf- uh, they've, they've mentioned influencer marketing, but the, the um, you know, the topic of the article is about, let's say, uh, best ways to generate leads, right? Now I can reach out to you and be like, hey, John, I just came across your, uh, you know, lead generation guide. Notice you guys have mentioned influencer marketing there. But by the way, I put together this really nice guide on influencer marketing. I thought it would make a nice addition to your site. Right. We, you know, we spent X amount of time curating this. And um, by the way, as a thank you, I'm more than happy to share this with you know, 100K social followings that we have. Or I'm more than happy to get you an access on the house for a year in the house. Or, yeah. or yada, yada, yada. Right? So I can keep on going on and on. But that, that, that's the way I would define influencer marketing for us. So um, in your world, does the what I would call traditional press or traditional media still have a place? I mean, obviously, they're not going to respond to a link thing. I mean, they, they're, they're writing about certain topics and, you know, they have theoretically some, you know, journalistic, um, you know, ethics in terms of, you know, how they're covering things for their readers, for their publications. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like the, the, you know, the traditional press in that sense still has a role for marketers to, to really pitch? Absolutely, yes. So, but the but the only issue is that sometimes you just don't have a thing to pitch. Right, right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, doesn't yeah, matter yeah. how good of a PR person you are, if you don't have a cool news story, if it's nothing that's new yeah. towards you that you have on your hands, yeah. then don't, <laughs> because yeah. that's just wasting your time and the journalist that you're spamming. So, one one thing that we do really, and you know, obviously, not everyone has like a sexy, cool new tech product, right? So, everybody has. Uh, you know, sometimes folks are in an insurance industry. That's not like not the most you know exciting thing to write about. So, for example, and here's what we did actually at Visme. It's like for us, PR is something still providing value to someone, but it's something cool new. So, for example, let me let me run you through an example. I think that would be a best way to describe mm-hmm. it. Um, <clears throat> for example, what uh, you remember the last season of Game of Thrones when it came before it you, came you, out? You, I'm one of the three people that have never seen Game of Thrones, but I'll take really? your word for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I watched the last season either, so we're kind of. <laughs> but, but anyways, before the last season came out, uh, it was like a lot of uh, posts and stuff going on, and and, and it's like, hey, what's going to happen? Who's going to win the Game of Thrones? So what we did is that we actually went through a betting site. It's called Bivota or something like that. And then we okay. visualized based on how much people were betting on people. Uh-huh. We put together some cool visuals yeah. predicting who's going to win the Game of Thrones, which we got wrong, by the way. The second <laughs> person we chose <laughs> won the Game of Thrones. The first person didn't get, win the Game of Thrones. I'm not going to tell the names because I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for you. But um, So that to us was a cool new, new thing. We're like, okay, that's great. So what we did instead is that we actually use our own tool, Respondent. But you could do this yourself. Like you could just go on Google News and find, for example, any news articles that were in the past three months about Game of Thrones from like other yeah. you know relevant publications. And they hit up the people who actually just covered Game of Thrones three months ago and be like, hey, John, you know, just came across your article on Game of Thrones on Mashable, for example. And and uh, by the way, we just uh, put together this really cool visual, visualizing the data that we've got it from this betting side, predicting who's going to win the Game of Thrones. Here's a cool new uh, thing, uh, and, that, and we actually attached it in the email. And uh, since you had just covered Game of Thrones in this article, by the way, I love the fact that you said X Y Z. So you actually heard <laughs> one. Just, uh, thought you would get a kick out of it, you know. And, and uh, we got about sixty something press mentions of like dedicated news articles from major news sites. 
uh, that used our visuals that we created, and all of them were created by Visme. So they have the, the, the logo and the link to our site and everything. Now, some of these news posts, now some SEO folks are going to say, yeah, Farmza, but like none of these have SEO value because like if you get a link from Forbes, that's a nofollow link. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> that's not, not everything is necessarily just for default links. It's, it's, it's the brand recognition. It's that you actually getting placement from these publications. But, well, but yeah. you talked about promoting it too. I mean, you now can, you know, you, you now can put all over visme.com, you know, as seen in Forbes, as seen exactly. in this, as seen in that. So sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, that's the way I would do, go about this. Now, a lot of people, when I then think of PR, they just think of, uh, yeah, let's go and put together a new press release and then, okay. and then go on scission and then just blast like a hundred thousand journalists that cover technology at some point in their lifetime. Or not. Or not. <laughs> you know, I mean, I get those all the time. I'm like, right. why did I get this? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, yeah so that, that that's, that's the other thing to think about is that journalists and people that you're reaching out to are people too. So, yeah. you know, want to make sure that. All right, Farzad, I want to thank you for coming by and talking about uh, organic traffic generation tips uh, that you use at Visme. You want to tell where people can find out more about you and your work? Absolutely. So best way to find me is LinkedIn. I'm terrible at social media, but I try to keep up LinkedIn at least. So there, if you look up Farzad Rashidi, which I think there's only one in the world, so I'm pretty easy to spot. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate, appreciate you stopping by, and uh, hopefully we'll run into you soon uh, next time I'm in the D.C. area. Of course. Looking forward to it, John. Thank you.